Well, it's the start of a new year, and I don't know, uh, it's been two days or a day, how it started for you. Um, so cool, even this morning, you know, at 8.30 service, I was there praying, just going, Lord, I, I don't want to just go through another year of services. I, I want every service to be unique. Um, I don't want four cookie-cutter services each weekend. I go even at this 8.30 service, just do something that just blows my mind. And, and it was really cool because, uh, you know, at the end of service, when I just called to see if anyone uh, wanted to change things around this year, you know, and turn their life around and start the year off right, uh, a buddy of mine that I didn't even know was in uh, in church, you know, came forward and, and got baptized. It was, it was the guy that uh, um, I, I go to, to a gym, believe it or not, uh, I go to, to Mapes Gym, and, um, you know, because it's like 100 bucks for the year, and I, I go to Mapes Gym, and um, and the guy that owns it, you know, I, every time I go in, I, I try to talk to him a little bit, you know, which is like once a month. I go in, and uh, and I just, you know, I, I just go, you know, dude, I come to your gym, you come to my church, you know, let's just, just work a deal here. And uh, and so he started coming, and, uh, you know, just sharing with him, and, you know, just kind of telling him about my relationship with God, and... And it's so cool, you know. I, I mean, it, it's always it's always great, you know, to see baptisms. But when it's someone you've been praying for, you know, and you just, uh, you know, you actually care about and you built relationship with, I just thought, okay, God, what what a great way to start off the year, you know, seeing this guy come up, get baptized, and just come to me afterwards and just go, you know what, you, you, you're stuck with me now. I'm going to be serving in this place, doing what I can. And and I thought, could I have asked for anything? better this year to start the year off than to see one of my friends, you know, come to know the Lord and say, you know, I want to get baptized, I want to make this commitment. And, and as you think through this year, you just think, gosh, what, what do I want to see happen? You know, what, what a great start already. Um, in fact, this is what I want you to do. Take out a pen. There should be a pen, a seat in front of you um, or, uh, or not. And, uh, and if not, the ushers have pens, so you can grab a pen. This is going to be a pretty interactive service today, so you're going to really want a pen. Um, here's what I want you to do. Okay, you, you know, with, 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 with everything that's going on in Asia and how everything just changed in like five seconds time, and everyone's life was just uh, radically changed overnight, what I want you to do is I want you to think about 2004, this last year, and I want you to think about the three most life-changing events in your life. Okay, three most life-changing experiences of 2004, whether they were things that were exciting and fun to you or things that were pretty depressing and is life-changing that way, um, that, that were really hard to deal with. Just, just write down, and as you look back at the year, what were the three most life-changing experiences or events that took place in your life in 2004. Just write them down on the piece of paper. write like three words, you don't have to write an essay on each one, just, you know, just, just like, okay, here's this, this, and this happened, you know, and just as long as you know what those three events are. Now, 
Everyone have three that you'd go, you know, I think, I think, you know, it doesn't matter if you get them wrong. I mean, just, just basically, as you think on the top of your, off the top of your mind, here's three things that happened in 2004 that really were life-changing, that had the biggest impact on me this year. You got it? Okay, here's my question. Look over those three things. How many would say all three of those things were things that you expected and you knew would happen in 2000, like, like January 1st of 2004, you pretty much planned on these three things happening. You kind of expected these things to happen. How many would say all three of them were expected things that you planned for in 2004? Okay. One, two, three people. Okay. That's about average. It's been average one, two, or three people in each service that uh, would say, you know what, here's the three most life-changing things, and we planned for them, we knew where they were going to happen, and it happened. How many would say that at least two out of those three, two or three of those, um, came totally unexpected? Okay, almost everyone. Isn't that weird? How the most life-changing events are usually things that we don't expect and we don't plan for. You know, we, we can sit here and say, you know, let's, let's, let's make 2005 this, or let's do this in 2005. But the truth is, is that it, it seems like the things that change our lives the most, the, the things that have the greatest impact are things that are out of our, our control. And, and even as we look back at this year, you know, you, you, a lot of you look back at 2004 and said, if you told me January 1 that these things were going to happen, I, w- I would never have believed it. And as we look at 2005, we can sit here and go, okay, let, let's plan out 2005. What do we want to do? What do we want to accomplish? But the truth is, is the life-changing events, the one thing you can be sure of is that there are going to be things that happen this year that you're not expecting. And there are things that are going to absolutely blow your mind. And if, people, if someone could sit down right with you, if the Lord just sat down and just wrote out the events of 2005, I think it would shock us. We wouldn't be able to take it all at once. Um, but he's going to give us grace each day to make it through the events of each day, and his grace is sufficient for us. Um, you know, I, I was thinking on, on Friday, I was thinking, if, if 2005, if I knew that 2005 was going to be the last year that I would spend on earth, what would I do? Okay, it's a pretty normal question to ask yourself. If I knew, you know, because honestly, last year I didn't really think that a whole lot. I just thought... Okay, 2004, I lived as though 2005 was going to come. I just pretty much assumed that. I thought, you know, I'm 35, I'm in good shape, whatever. You know, it, it just, it's, it's just going to happen. Or no, I was 36, huh? Yeah, okay, sorry. Um, I, 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 see, I didn't even know that was going to happen. Um, you know, you just, I just planned, I said, you know what, it's, it's going to happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, you know, I'll make it to 2005 and here I am. I was right. Um, but, but, you know, in a room this size, we're not all going to make it to 2006. Okay? And that's not a bad thing. That could be the greatest day of your life. You know, we leave the earth, we go, and we're with the Lord, we're in heaven. But the truth is, as chances are in this room, we're not all going to make it to 2006, and this is going to be the last year that we have on this earth. Uh, there's every chance that, that, that this could be my last year, you know, on this planet, or, or especially in Simi Valley. In this, you know, I mean, you just don't know. What, what's going to happen in life? What's going to happen? And... What I want you to do is, is just to start writing down right now. If you knew, if you knew that 2005 was going to be your last year on this planet, what would you do? Okay, just start writing down some things you would do this year if you knew it was your last year on the planet. 
You got a few things? You guys notice I have a new microphone? Does it bug you? It does. It's the same one Britney Spears wears. And, um, no, it, it bugs me. But supposedly the sound's supposed to be a lot better. Does it sound good? Good sound? Oh, okay, good, good, good. Okay. I look okay? I can dance around a little more up here. Okay. Um, what are we talking about? Uh, okay, you, you wrote down some things that you say, okay, because I did this too, and I just started writing down, okay, if 2000, if I knew, here's some things I would do. And, and it's, it's a really good exercise to do. I, I, if I were you, I'd spend a little more time on it, you know, when you get an opportunity, because it tells you where your priorities are, what really matters to you in life. And I, I guess my question, though, is how many of those things on your list are you planning on doing this year? You know, why, why not live it as though it's going to be our last? Because you really don't know. And at that point, it's going to be too late. And it's like, okay, these are the things that matter to me in life. And yet a lot of times, these are the things we put off. And other things seem more urgent because we assume we have more time. See, as a church, this year in 2005, we really want to do things differently. I mean, I mean really differently at Cornerstone. It's something that the elders have been praying through and uh, we've been thinking through and, and just changing the way we do things, you know, as a staff, all together. And one of the things, one of the things that we're going to change is this. It has to do with this issue of membership. Okay, we started this church almost 11 years ago. It was March of uh, 94 that we started this church. And, uh, you know, so there was probably like 30 charter members, you know, that just automatically were in, you know. And, uh, and then over the last 11 years, you know, different people started creeping in and, you know, joining, creeping in. That sounds like we didn't want you to. You know, I, I mean, people just started joining, getting, you know, becoming members. And so, so hundreds and hundreds of people joined over the last 11 years. And, uh, and, w- and when you sign up for membership, you, you say, you know, hey, I'm going to commit to, you know, serving in the church, finding my gift. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give. I'm going to, you know, protect the unity of this place. I'm not going to gossip. I'm going to help create purity in this place. I'm going to, you know, and all these different things that you commit to. And, and it's, you know, and, and there's really no end to it. It's like this lifelong commitment. I mean, we have people that are still members of the church. That we don't even know if they still come here. You know, it's just this list, and, and some of them even passed away, and they're still on the list. You know, they don't give very much. You know, it just, uh, you, you've got this, uh, I, I, my point is, is that it, it's, it's kind of been ridiculous. Like, we've had this long list of members, and we kind of just did it, honestly, it's because what every other church does, you just get a membership list. Um, and there hasn't been real accountability um, we don't know if any of the people that are members still come here or serve here or do any of those things. And we've kind of dropped the ball um, as leadership. And we're just going to, it just, in a lot of ways, doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, it doesn't make sense to make a commitment to a church and then you're just a member until who knows when. Um, and so this is what the elders have decided to do. Because first of all, I mean, membership is a weird thing to address because you don't find literal membership in the Bible, you know, we're just looking for some sort of practical means to find out who's really on board with us, right? Because, okay, a lot of people come and you're here because you're just checking things out and you want to learn more about God. Like, like my friend, the friend of mine, you know, that I just invited to church, just coming for a few weeks, just wanted to get a grasp on it. That's great. Man, no, no other place I'd rather you go to. Man, come here, listen to the Word, find out why all of us love this book so much, love this God so much, learn, great. You know, others of you, you know, you're also not ready for membership because maybe you've gone through some really tough things in life, you know, or maybe you got really burned at the last church you were at, or this or that, or you're just not ready to say, I'm going to serve here, I'm going to... 
And that's great. Just come here, be healed, get some time, serve, learn. Not that serve, but, you know, be served. You know, grow in your relationship with God. Be encouraged. But, uh, but what we need to do, though, is we, we do want to know, okay, who are the ones we can really count on that say, you know what, I'm committed to this place. I really want to serve the people here. I really want this to be the place where I, I just, you know, serve the other people in the church, where I not just learn and get stuff, but actually give and help others. And, and that's the whole idea of membership. I want to know, you know, who's the group of people that I could send an email to if there's a need in the church? If there's someone who's really hurting in this area, I can just send an email to the members. Hey, who wants to disciple this person? You know, she just, you know, lost her husband or this or that. Any of you, you know, want to just take her under your wing? You know, or, or, or we need some help in the office. You know, it's just, just some volunteer work this week. We've got a bunch of, you know, stuff to, to fold or whatever. You know, we, we have a need here, 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 here. You know, just who can I kind of count on? Hey, we've got a bunch of kids. We're having to close Sunday school classes. Can some of you jump in for a little while and, and, and care for the kids? You know, as, as elders, we want to know, Who's really on board and say, you know what, I, I call this my family. This isn't just a place I come and attend. It's, it's really my family. And so, so we do need something like that, but there needs to be some sort of accountability. Uh, we need to work with it. And, and so what we're going to do, as of yesterday, there are no more members of Cornerstone Church. Okay? Okay? So you're not a member anymore. You thought you were a member. Uh-huh. Um, you, you're not, okay? There's just no more members. And this is what we're going to do as a church, is we're going to go to a one-year membership, okay? Kind of like a gym, you know, just like a, a one-year type of thing. And here's the reason, is, is you know, just because it's, it's more the way we think in our culture. Okay, this year, am I going to commit myself to be a part of this body, um, a part of Cornerstone Church, and really do these things? And, and as leadership, we're going to commit ourselves to staying on top of the issues and going, you know what, are you really doing this? You know, is, and, and to email or, or call or whatever else and say, wait, you, you know, as a member, here's the things you said you're committed to, you know, and, and we want to help you to those things, you know, do those things and, uh, and have some accountability that way. Now, in, inside your bulletins, take out this piece of paper. Okay, it's just, there's only, it should be just one piece of paper in your bulletin. Take it out. Don't look at all of it yet, okay, because it's going to scare you. Okay, it's, it's, not, it's not meant to be a scary thing. Okay, here, just, just look at it real quick. All right, go ahead, look at it, all of it. Okay, here's what we're looking for to, to know, okay, who's really committed to the church? And, and I'll explain this, and, and, and then uh, you'll get it. If you're going to be a member of Cornerstone Church this year, this is what we'd love to see in your life. Um, one, that you're committed to growing. That you're saying, you know what, I want to be a part of this church because I want to grow in my knowledge of God. And, uh, and, and secondly, we, we want you to, it, for, for a person who's a member, actual part of Cornerstone, you're saying, you know what, this year I'm committing to fellowship. Fellowship with God to say, you know what, I want to talk to him this year. And I want to fellowship with the others. This is supposed to be a family, a body. I want to actually talk to people. And as a member, I, I plan on fellowshipping the body. Thirdly, I'm committing to purity. I want to be a part of this church. I'm part of this church because I want to get rid of some of the junk in my life. I want to confess it to God. And, and, and in relationship with others, I want others to help me. And I want to help others in their areas of weakness. And I want to pray for them. Um, in giving, you're saying, you know what? I want to give to the Lord. You know, just like you, you wanted to give gifts to, to those you love during Christmas. It's the whole idea of I, I want to give to him, and I want to give to others. I want to give to other people in the church. If I, I find people in need, I want to you know, help them out um, like, like, like a church, uh, like a family really ought to do for one another. Fifth, I want to serve. 
I want to serve uh, in the church. I want to use, you know, my God-given talents. You know, I believe God's given me some abilities, some, some, uh, some talents, and I want to use that in the church to serve the church. And I also want to serve people around me. If I can help, you know, fix someone's car, you know, that they can't afford to, and I can do that, you know, maybe I want to do that. I want to serve the people. And then finally, you're saying that you, you want to reach out. You know, you're, you're saying, you know what, I want to reach out to my friends that don't know God. I want to, I, I want to build the church numerically. Um, not because we just want a big church, but because we want other people to know this relationship we have with God. That's what we're expecting of a member. Now, okay, now, and forget I just said all that. I don't know how to word everything this weekend. Just, let's move on. Okay, no, 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 no. okay, now, now this is what I want you to do. Okay, look at the top, of, I do know what I'm talking about. Okay, the top of the paper. Here's, here's the thing, here's the thing I'm, I'm getting at. I, I know there, here are these six things that we want to... Uh, want you to do the last service went really smooth okay but on the top of this this uh piece of paper let's just read this passage verse 36 of matthew 22 teacher which is the greatest commandment in the law and jesus replied love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Okay, here's what I'm trying to do up here. I don't want to complicate anything. Because Jesus made it very clear. Okay, you just love me. Love me like crazy. And love other people. Just, just be madly in love with people. Be madly in love with me. And then he says, you got it. Okay, that's it. And, and that, that's why I don't, you know, while there are these six things here on this piece of paper, and you go, okay, I've got to remember. No, 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 you don't have to remember these six things. These things will happen naturally if you love. So don't worry about it. It's kind of like what Jesus was saying to those people that were asking, hey, what's the most important thing? You know, we've got all these commands. He goes, you know what, you know what, just remember these two. And you know what, all the prophets, all the law, everything you ever heard, if you apply these two things, you're going to end up, you know, doing all of that. I mean, the truth is, is if you really loved God, you're going to end up wanting to know more about Him and growing Him. If you really loved people, you would do the same thing. You know, don't, don't worry. Am I going to be, remember to give and remember to serve and remember to be pure? Just don't remember all those things. Just, just worry about loving God and loving people. Because here, I know of a lot of churches, and there's a lot of churches that are very well known. You know, some of us in Christian circles, we hear of these churches. Um, but I try to think, do these churches that I know about, how many of them have a reputation of just loving God and loving people? Because I know churches that are just known for man. They got every detail of the Word of God. They can tear it apart. Boom, 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 boom. That's a reputation. Others that go, man, they have such great organizational skills and these programs to get everyone through. And churches are known for different things. You know, great things up front, great worship or great teaching or this or that. But it's like... Wouldn't it be great if there was just a church where they were just known for loving God? Like just, wow, those guys are just madly in love with Jesus, and they're madly in love with each other. I mean, wouldn't it be incredible if Cornerstone was a place where people just went, gosh, I know people that go to Cornerstone, and gosh, they do anything for their God, and they do anything for each other, and do anything for me. You know, they're constantly helping me, you know, caring for me. It's like they really love me. 
And it's like if we can get those two things down, which Jesus says really everything hangs on, then we're set. We're set. That's all, that's all we really want to think about. These are just practical ways that we can keep on top of you, you know, to help you understand. And um, it's like, okay, here, I know what I'm going to do. I'll jump to this. How many of you ever swung a golf club? How many have ever tried to hit a golf ball? Okay, just no, keep your hands up. How many have ever just tried to hit a golf ball? Okay, that's almost everyone. Don't worry, these aren't real golf balls. See, it's just, it's just a little plastic thing. And um, now, if I'm going to hit a little, little golf ball, what do I need to remember when I swing? Tell me something. Keep your eye on the ball, good. Slow backswing, easy backswing, good. Follow through. Yeah, follow, yeah, go through the wrist, hold it right, and go through the ball. Good. Hit the ball. Good. What else? Your grip. <laughs> relax. Yeah, great. You have like 500 instructions, and then the last thing is relax. Um, but it is. You, you have to think. You got. I mean, when you, you know, this is why I'm not a good golfer is because I've got like a hundred thoughts in my head of all the things people have told me. You know, and there are, there are so many things to remember. Okay, here's another question. How many of you, since we've all tried to hit a ball, how many have ever thrown their club in anger or just smashed it down on the ground? Okay, thank you. Okay, so you know this is the most frustrating game on earth because it's like you do one thing wrong and your shot doesn't go where you want it to go, right? I mean, you can, I'm sitting here and I think, okay, I've got to remember to keep my, my okay, I've got to position right, keep my shoulders square, they're supposed to aim towards the hole, you know, and then I've I got to bend over, I clear my hips, you know, keep my head down, keep my eye on the ball, stay behind the ball, square my shoulders, you know, nice, easy backswing, keep my left arm straight, you know, and, you know, follow, go through with the left, and don't stop right there, follow all the way through, and try to hit towards the right, you know, try to, try to go like this, you know, like you're hitting towards right field, you're, you're supposed to end your swing there, which will create a natural draw to the ball, whether if you go inside out, you'll end up slicing it, and so you think through all of these things, and, um, okay, I'm going to hit the ball, Mark Mako, would you stand up, stand up, stand up, let me hit the ball to you. Now, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to try to remember all of these things. Hold your hand out so I have an exact target. Okay, right in front of his face. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Wow. That was pretty good. It took me like six balls on Saturday night. So, uh, um, yeah, I can't do it again. Okay, I'll try it again. I'll just prove you wrong. Okay, someone else. He said I can't do it again. Someone in the middle. Okay, right there. Go ahead and stand up. All right. I can't do it again. I love a good deer. Thank you. All right. Now, the annoying... Yeah, I can't do it again? Okay. No. uh, Annoying... The annoying thing about golf, though, is, yeah, if I remember all of those things, but you, we've all done it, you know, those try to hit, you know, where you're like, oh, I forgot, I pulled my head, you know, and that's what you did and it went wrong. Oh, I didn't stay still. Oh, I didn't keep my left arm. Oh, I didn't, you know, and that's why you throw the club. It's because you just go, man, I did everything right except that one thing. And you guys, that's what I feel like as a Christian sometimes. 
I feel like I've got all these messages in my head. I, we gave you 52 messages last year. You remember them all? You know, you've been applying them all? Okay, good. No, you, you know, it's just like, gosh, i got so much that I need to apply in here. And every once in a while you're reminded of something you learned three months ago and you go, oh, I haven't even done that. I forgot about that one. I forgot about that one. I forgot about that one. And you almost feel defeated like, I can't do this thing. I can't live the Christian life. There's just too much. And you guys, Jesus never intended that. He simplified it. He says, you know what? Just love me. Okay, would you just just be madly in love with me and love others? And it's been the same from, from the beginning of the Bible to the end. Do you realize that? Back in Deuteronomy, when they got all of Israel together, in Deuteronomy 6, 5, you know, that the, the most important command, Deuteronomy 6, 5 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. So then you come to the New Testament, the time of Jesus, and, and Jesus asks, what's the most important thing? You know, of all those commands, put them in order for us. And Jesus, I don't even have to put them in order. Let me just give you two. The most important, though, love God, all your heart. Just, I mean, to where every fiber of your being is just screaming out, you're just crazy about Him. Your heart, your mind, your soul, just love Him. And then love your neighbors as yourself. And then, then you go to the end of the book, in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 2, you know, you, you've got uh, Jesus, you know, writing to the churches, and he says to the church in Ephesus, he goes, you know, you're doing a lot of great things, mechanic, all, all great things. He goes, but you've forsaken your first love. Where's your love? He goes, your love's grown cold, you lost your love. And he goes, and if you don't repent and go back to just loving me, he says, then I'm just going to wipe out this church. I'll, I'll remove that lampstand from its place. I, I don't need a church that just does a bunch of things mechanically and doesn't love me. From the beginning to the end, it's clear the most important thing that God wants is just for us to love Him. And, um, and that's why we don't want to complicate anything. See, see, the things on this list, you know, which we're going to go over over the next six weeks before anyone commits, uh, each week I just want to explain to you that this is just a natural response of love. And I, and I don't want to be a church that's known for, oh, they're all committed to these six things. No, we're just committed to loving God. We're just crazy about Him. We're madly in love with Him. And so these things just kind of happen naturally. But, but it's almost like, a, it, it is like this. It, it's like a gym. Um, I think of a gym because I just baptized a guy that owns Mapes Gym, the last real gym in town. Um, I'm plugging his gym for him. But, uh, you know, the, the whole... Uh, the whole idea is, you know, when you, you have a gym, a gym, you know, people kind of come and go, right? You know, like I, I go maybe once a month. If I get fired up, I'll go two or three times. Um, and some people go every day. It's just kind of on your own pace. But then there are people who hire personal trainers. Some of you hire personal trainers. You pay them money to yell at you. And, and there's a reason. The reason you do that is because you're saying, okay, this is what I want to be. And so all I'm asking you to do is get me there, you know, and, and your personal trainer would stay on top of you and say, hey, did you do this, did you do this, did you do this, and they'll, they'll stay on you, you know, so there's accountability, and as we look in scripture, really the job of a pastor or elder is to be like a spiritual fitness trainer, I mean, just to stay on top and just go, hey, you know what, this is who you said you wanted to be, you know, as a member, you're saying you wanted to be someone that actually spent time with the Lord, and so how are you doing in that area? 
I just want to call, you know, or email and check up on you and make sure you're doing that because this is what you want. We're not asking you to do something you don't want in your heart. It's just someone to coach you along and say, you know what, let's, you know, let's as a body, as a family, let's all, you know, get in shape, you know, so to speak, physically and just say, you know, spiritually, let's, let's, let's move in this direction and there's some vision and some direction we want to go this year as a church. Well, we just want to know, okay, who's there with us? Um, and if there's one area... More than anything else, it would be uh, for you. If I could have one wish, it would be that every person in this church would spend time with God alone every day. Um, Not just come to church, not talk to other Christians, not read books, this or that. But man, if if we would just each commit to saying, you know what, I love you, God, so I want to talk to you and I want to know more about you. And we each had a time where we just, even if it's five, ten minutes, at the very minimum, gosh, it, it would just be the greatest year of your life if you just committed every day to say, I will spend time with him. Here, here's what I want to do. I was going to go through this passage of scripture and explain it to you, but, uh, but I'm not. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm, it's going to go up on the screens. Um, and uh, this is what I want you to do. Okay, everyone's got their pen out and their paper still? Okay, what we're going to do is... Uh, I'm going to have you guys read this passage, okay, on your own, and just just try to figure out what you get from this passage of Scripture. But before we do that, we're going to bow and have a word of prayer. I want you personally just to pray to God right now and ask Him, say, Lord, help me to understand what I'm about to read. Okay, because these are God's words. And say, God, help me to understand what I'm about to read. So just bow your heads and pray that right now. Father, help us to take this seriously as it's your word. And God, we need you to help us understand what it says. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to give you about a minute and a half, just on your own. Read this, and then just start writing down whatever you learned from it. Okay, just write down things you observe from this passage. In a minute and a half, write down as many things as you can that you learned from this passage. You've got to concentrate. Ready, go.
Okay, and now for the next 30 seconds, just write down some practical applications, things that you feel like you need to do, you know, actually do personally based upon what that passage says. Okay, now this is what we're going to do. Um, I'm just going to have some of you guys share what you, what you learned from this passage. Just go ahead and raise your hand or whatever and, and just, just say one quick thing that you learned from reading this passage in the last two minutes. That's good. She says, you know, if she abides, really abided in Christ, then her life would kind of be an overflow of abundance and, and actually benefit others. It's good. That I really need to shut up and listen. Good. Oh yeah, right there. <laughs> I don't know where. Um, you just feel like uh, from from what what part of the verse would you say got you to think I need to shut up and listen? Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's, it's not always about words, like I, I'm going to go preach to all these people. No, it's, if we really just listen to him and obey, that would be the message. That would be what would impact other people's lives. Excellent. Yeah, Madison. That God wants us to love. Good. Good. Yeah. Hmm. Just to have more faith, and the faith will bring you to more understanding. Good. Yeah. Yeah, he says it's a mindset that's developed. It's, it's not something that just happens overnight, but you keep pursuing it. Uh, yeah, what else? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, to strive for an eternal perspective. Like, like it says, you know, I want you to understand what really matters so you live pure and blameless lives until Christ returns. To think through, man, Christ could return any time, and so what's really going to matter? Okay, what else? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. She was talking about if we we could learn to look at each other as children of God rather than these just you know adults or you're doing this, you're doing that. No, we're we're all in this thing together as children of God, and and that would enable us to love each other better. Good. What else? Yeah. That she can't gain knowledge and understanding unless she's reading the Word. Um, you know, because his prayer is not just that we would just love and feel, but that it would grow in knowledge and understanding. Good. What else? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, she was saying how sometimes we stress out, like, am I living a life that's glorifying to God? But if we would just pursue these things, you know, it's kind of saying you, you can get there, not to worry about that end result so much, just, just get involved in the process. Yeah, what else? Yeah, way in the back. Good, good. Yeah, she's talking about that whole fruit of your salvation. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, that, that God's not just a little part of your life, but that he's your whole life, she said. You know, just that, that everything that flows out of your life is a result of your salvation. And Yeah, over there. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for him, he says, you know, to get back to doing things, but, but knowing why you do what you do. Not just going through the motions, not doing things because other people tell you, but because you're growing this knowledge and understanding, you're figuring out, no, this is what really matters, so this is what I'm going to do, rather than just living life. That's good. What else? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that, that all of this is produced by Jesus Christ. It's not something we muster up. This is not like a rally. Come on, we can do it. We can do it. No, the whole point is we can't do it. And that's why we're here. That's why even before we, we open our eyes to read this passage, we have to say, God, help me understand it. I can't do it on my own. I can't do a whole lot on my own. I don't naturally love people. I don't just wake up in the morning and go, ooh, I can't wait to love someone. No, I, I have to. I beg God for that. God, make me a loving person because I'm naturally self-centered. I naturally just want to take care of myself, and I, I need you to I need you to help me love you. You know, it's 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 all through Christ. You guys, do you realize what took place in the last five minutes? You had a time alone with God, then we had a small group Bible study. You know, so sometimes we, we look at this stuff and we go, gosh, I, I don't know. Can I commit to a, you know, this devotion time with God? That seems weird. You guys, we just did it. All it is is praying to God and say, God, help me to understand a few verses that I'm about to read. You look at the verses and go, well, what does it say to me? And what should I do because of it? And then you pray and go, God, help me do these things. And what's a small group Bible study? People go, well, I don't know if I want to join a Bible study group. That's exactly what we just did. We study a passage, and then, you know, different people go, you know what, this is what I got from it, this is what I got from it. And you start learning, because you hear from other people, and you go, well, I didn't think of it that way, or I didn't think of it that way, or that way. And, and, and suddenly, each of you that shared something, you're actually blessing everyone around you. You know, and it's led by someone up front. That's what a small group Bible study is. These are, these are things that are they're kind of no-brainers in the Christian life, that we should be just opening up our book and saying, God, I want to know more about you. Because I love you. It's the only reason. Not because, well, I signed this paper. It said I was going to do this. No, no, no. It's, it's, I'm crazy about you, God. Of course I want to know more about you. I, I think about my, my little girls. You know, I'm, I'm constantly asking them questions like, hey, what would you do at school? Who would you play with? Does she bug you? You know, what, you know I want to know what's, what's in your head. You know, what have I been doing that bugs you? You know, you like this, you like that. I just want to know them because I'm crazy about them the same thing with God. The only way we can know Him is going, okay, well, well what, what do you like? What, what, what are your priorities? What are the things that really matter to you? It's growing in knowledge. You know, this is, this is Paul. Paul wrote this from prison to the church in Philippi, and, and this is his one prayer he asked of them. He goes, you know, here I am, shackled up in chains. If I could have one thing, 
It'd be that you guys would love each other and that you would grow in your knowledge of him. That's all I want. It's just you guys keep growing, keep learning. And uh, it, it's, it's pretty simple. And as a member, that's what we're saying. We, we'd love for you to do is say, you know what, I, I will commit to that. In fact, some of you who say, you know, I, I've never done that before. I've never had time alone with God. As you leave, we actually made uh, some packets, you know, like a little, just a little like three-page thing that you can go through this week during your time alone with the Lord where you just have a, a little passage, a few verses to read, a couple of questions that may prompt some thoughts, and then you just pray on your own. And, uh, and, and just do that every day this week so you have no you know, excuse for it. A little blue booklet you know, that will guide you through the week. Next week we'll have all sorts of different helps that will guide you through the year. Maybe uh, tomorrow you'll want to go to the Christian bookstore and get a one-year Bible where you read the Bible in a year. You know, and you'll only be two days behind. You, just, you know, plow through it tomorrow. You know, but but you know, just to say, you know what, this is what I want to do. I, I, I want to commit to this because there's no way you're going to get to the end of the year and, and, and wish you hadn't spent time alone with God. I mean, you and I, we both know these things. We know I'll be so much happier if I spend time alone with God, reading His Word and praying to Him today. I've been a Christian for 20 years. 20 years. And if I miss one day of time alone with God, I feel it. And my life can go in the tank so quickly. It's, it's almost annoying because you go, man, after all this year of building this up, all 20 years of this, committed to this thing, I, I go a week without spending personal time with the Lord and look out. My life can go all sorts of different directions. This is so vital, so crucial to the life of the church. And I pray to make a commitment to that. Um, you know, so we're just hitting that first area this week. You know, just, just the time to grow. Saying, you know, I'm going to commit this year to grow my knowledge of the Lord and grow with other people.